add a bit of sunshine to your home with Easy Living Furniture's Garden Furniture Sale with stunning dining sets, cracking egg chairs and relaxing sun loungers that are in stock and ready for delivery there really is something for everyone and with an extra 10% off sale prices and free delivery over 399 now really is the time to let your garden shine Garden Sale now on Visit Easy Living Furniture Don't miss out Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie Leia Healthcare Looking after you always Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, as you know, the show is all about practical advice and information that makes healthy living real and long-term. And I'm really delighted to say my guest this week is a fantastic example of this. She's a mum who, via her Instagram account, Jen's Journey, has taken her on her very honest journey of weight loss, which has seen her lose 12 stone to go from 25 stone down to just over 12. She's now a huge advocate of healthy eating and healthy living. Jennifer Carroll, welcome to Real Health. How are you? Hi, Carl. Thank you. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting inspired just listening to the introduction there as I read it out. 12 stone is a, it's an incredible uh, amount of, of weight loss. Yeah. How, how did you do it? Let's start there. Um, I actually, the first 10 stone I lost in the first year, so it was 12 months um, and I'd lost 10 stone and that was actually through Slim and World. So I started doing um, Slim and World at home and then for the second year I kind of focused more on like calories and protein and training a lot more and I lost the two stone, the last two stone um, in that year. But the first 10 stone, the first big bulk, that was through Slim and World, which really helped me and I loved it, but... I kind of just grew out of it, I suppose. And what was, I suppose, before Slimming World, what were the biggest mistakes that you were making? What were the biggest changes that you adapted, you know, when you went to Slimming World and applied the plan? Yeah, I think, I always say, I think the biggest change for me, I think people are always expecting me to say, like, gave up takeaways, I gave up that. I genuinely think, looking back now, my biggest change was my mindset like the biggest thing that I changed was the way I spoke to myself and kind of my self-belief that was a massive thing that I struggled with kind of confidence but diet wise I I always skipped breakfast didn't really eat a lot during the day and then I just binged at night and I wasn't moving at all like walking to the shops was kind of the most exercise I was getting wow and was weight something that I suppose you know you're always conscious of even in terms of growing up was it something you're always aware of was it always an issue or you know yeah I was I was always overweight I think from a very young age um I think looking back now when I was kind of a teenager and I thought I was huge I wasn't as big as I thought I was then but I was always very aware of it I was always overweight but I think it started to get a little bit dangerous when I kind of hit at like about 18 and 19 that's when it really started piling on but um it like it makes me sad it is something that I, it's always been very relevant in my day-to-day life and even from a very young child I was always the fat friend or I was always the fat child so I definitely knew I was like different in that way it stood out and it held me back I suppose and a lot that's kind of I suppose my biggest regret it did hold me back a lot as a child because I was conscious about it. Okay. And in terms of, you know, uh, the one thing I, I know you said before that you were anxious and you had a fear of being out in public and falling or tripping just in case someone caught it on camera and it went viral. Yeah. So that whole concept of growing up in that social media era, it, you know, was something that really affected you. Yeah. It's that, 
I just remember I was just afraid of people laughing at me. And because I was bigger, I don't know, if I was clumsy or something happened, I just felt like people would, they wouldn't be laughing because I was falling. Like they'd be laughing because I was fat and I fell. Like that was always the first thing that stuck out. Or if somebody, I would be aware of people. I mean, I think sometimes people think you're being a bit paranoid, but there are times when it's obvious people might be like recording you're talking about you and you pick up on that. But there were times as well where, it was so in my head that somebody, I might fall or somebody would laugh and I would instantly get like defensive. I mean, you're laughing because I'm fat. And I'd be like, oh no, I'm laughing because you fell. <laughs> like, and it's funny. But like in my head, it was always like, and I think on social media as well, I kind of, social media became really big just as I was hitting my late teens early, especially Facebook. And it was very relevant. And I think it has such an impact on the way we view like how people should look and the way people are. And I think that had a massive effect on my confidence as well because it would hold me back from kind of sharing a lot on social media, which is funny because now it's ironic because I share everything on social media. Well, I was just going to ask you that question. Uh, you know, so at what point did you decide that you would use Instagram as a platform to get healthier or to inspire other people? And that's grown exponentially. Like, you know, I followed you for a long time. I've seen that growth. It's been incredible to see. How did, where did that thought process come from? In Because you were afraid of social media to a point. Yeah. And then to be brave enough to put your story through Instagram. What, you know, how did that come about? I, I was already about six or seven months into my journey. So I think I was down five and a half stone, about five stone when I actually started the Instagram. Um, and it was really just for me. It was to keep me accountable. I didn't set it up to be like a public page. I had followed people on Instagram that shared recipes that helped them, I suppose, lose weight and just encourage kind of more healthy eating. And I loved that idea because it really did help me. So I set the Instagram page up just to keep me accountable. And I remember thinking if I just share my three meals a day and post my three meals a day it will just be something to keep me going so I set that up and I never planned on coming on I think when it eventually did go public it was about five months I think before I even put a picture of myself or like I never spoke to the camera but it was just really helping with my confidence I think I'd held back for so long and then the social media thing came along and when I was sharing the meals so many people were reaching out to say like it's really helping me and it's great and I remember just thinking I built connections with people, but nobody knew who I was. So then I just decided I would share everything and it kind of just grew really quickly. Um, I think people really like watching. They enjoy watching someone when they're having like a successful journey and they enjoy watching it. And in the beginning, especially, I would share like a lot of, you know, kind of like cheesy quotes or motivational quotes, but they genuinely did help me. And I think like, when you you can look at a quote and be like, okay, whatever. But like when you really look at the quote or read it and apply it to your life or something in your life, I think that really helps me stay focused. And I could see that was encouraging other people as well. Social media can be like scary at times, but I think for me, like, thank God it, it's never been, I haven't really received like a lot of negativity. So it kept me going. And even now, like I find it really encouraging sometimes, like if I'm having a bad week, like even looking at my old posts or looking at other people's mail, it can be a little bit inspiring to kind of just get back on it and give me new ideas and just keep me a bit more focused, I suppose. And do you find pressure comes with the social media and the, vol the, the, the size of that Instagram account? Like, do you find that, bring, that brings pressure and do you, do you use yeah. that positively or do you find, you know, that it can, it can be a negative pressure too, you know? It, yeah, like it can, it can be negative. Sometimes it can be like a kick in the ass that I need sometimes. <laughs> but I do think, like I remember I used to, 
more so when I was in Slim World because you get weighed weekly, I would post my loss every week. And I remember it got to a point where I'd kind of lost the 11, 12 stone and the losses were slowing down a lot because obviously I was getting to, I suppose, more healthier weight. And I remember them people kind of saying like, oh, you're not really posting your weight anymore. And then I felt pressure for like, I need to keep doing this. And then I remember thinking, no, I set the Instagram up for me, for what works for me and what helps me. It did get to a little point where I felt like I was posting stuff or sharing things that I felt like other people needed or wanted to see, but it wasn't benefiting me in any way. So when like I know people don't believe you when you say it, but like when I post stuff on Instagram, it's not for the likes. It's not for the people. Yeah, I'd be delighted if I knew I helped someone. But like I didn't set the Instagram up to get 100 followers. And I think sometimes I'm surprised, like genuinely surprised that many people follow because I think my food can be very boring and very simple. It's healthy food. But I think people just enjoy, like I said, the whole process of like seeing someone, I suppose, staying like, and it's not even the motivation. I hate that word. It's not that I'm motivated for two years it hasn't been that at all, but just the consistency and just kind of reminding people that, I don't know, like you can fall off the wagon or have your bad few days, but it's just reminding yourself to be consistent and to get back into a routine. Like I've had a few months now where I feel like on social media, people have been like, you don't really post pictures of your, you know, side by signs or your weight loss. Like, Cause I just don't feel like it. And people might be like, yeah, but are you gaining weight? And I'm like, well, yeah, I say since before Christmas, I have gained close to a stone. But that's not why I'm posting the pictures. It's just because I don't feel like posting the pictures. And then people might might get a little bit negative then because they're like, but I it really encourages me when I see that. And I'm like, well then like post a picture of yourself. <laughs> and that's what I mean, like I'm not doing it for the likes or for other people. Like I genuinely just do it to keep myself accountable. And it just helps me and encourages me. When people lose a large amount of weight, and it's something I've seen in the past, there's generally a trigger point. So there's a point at which almost like a switch goes off and you decide to make those changes and, you know, and be accountable. What was the trigger point for you? The trigger, so like there was a kind of a big backstory, I suppose, before the start of the weight loss journey. So I'd been in London for 10 years and I'd been trained in acting. That was my thing. I was loved drama. I was in London for a long time and I was in a relationship and I fell pregnant. The relationship unfortunately went very sour and there was domestic violence so that I think was the main thing so once I separated from my partner my little boy was just after he was about one and a half and then we didn't get to move back to Ireland until he was about two and I remember it was about two weeks before maybe three or four weeks actually about a month before we moved back to Ireland where I was like okay I'd bought a Wayne Scales the Wayne Scales I wouldn't even tell me my weight because I stood on that and they were like hours <laughs> I'm definitely a big number and I think the max capacity was like 22 stone and I'd never weighed myself in a long long time but I had an idea that I was probably I was thinking I was about 22 stone so then I had to go and buy a special weight butcher's wine scales and I remember it was 26 stone and I was like oh my god and um I knew I was moving back to Ireland and I just knew that I was definitely a single parent I was on my own my little boy character um and I always say it but genuinely I was like I need to get fit to give him kind of the life I want him to have and like I want to be a part of his life I want to take part or take part in like daily events like even things like sports day was coming into my head and I was like, I don't want to be. And like I said, I always thought people looked at me and just saw the weight and they would laugh. So I was like, I don't want people to laugh at Carter's mom and him to get embarrassed. And I just wanted to get healthy. And I knew obviously at 26 down and I was only 27 at the time that that was not going to be 
possible. And it was the first time I think it really scared me. I think as I was gaining weight, like through my twenties and getting bigger, I never had like, luckily I never had like a scare or like a health issue. I was like relatively healthy considering my size. Um, and I think because I never had that scare, it never came into my head. But I think that was the first time where I was like, I'm kind of eating myself into an early grave here. Like you, you don't get to 30 stone or 30 plus stone and you know, like where does it go from there? So I kind of knew then that was my moment where like, and I wished, like, I wish I could say I'd done it for me, but I do think he was kind of my real, my why. I think you definitely always have to have a why and your why can change. Like my why is different this week to what it was last week, but I still have my why and I still have my purpose and that's kind of what keeps me going. But that was definitely, I would say my biggest, my wake up call. Yeah, of course. And what that why has to be strong enough to get you through those tough times or to get you through the hard weeks or when things are difficult and, and, you know, having your son is a perfect why. It's probably the ultimate why. Um, And did friends and family ever try to encourage you to get healthy or to, to lose weight or trying to kind of nudge you in, in a healthier direction? And how yeah. did you react to that when they did? They definitely did. I think like now growing up and being older and even being a mom, I do understand so much like how difficult it was for my parents because I think I was a very, I was just angry and I was obviously angry because of my size and I was very, um, like I would just be on the attack all the time. So I think it got to a point where my dad where, they would try like bring it up like in a nice way or and especially because I was in London for 10 years so every time they came over it was only every couple of months and I remember my mom saying like every time I got off the plane I would be just a little bit like oh I would love to get off and see that she maybe started getting a bit healthier she's like but it was like every time I got off you were getting bigger and bigger and bigger and um but she would never say that to me sometimes she might suggest things like oh you could do this you could do that but I'd be on the defense straight away and um, I would shut them down. And I think to just kind of save cause and arguments, they knew not to constantly bring it up. But they were always very good about uh, my friends as well. I was lucky. I would always, you know, I would be doing a diet every other month and I would probably be texting and be like, no, I really think this is the time. Like, it's going to work for me. And they'd be so encouraging. And then I just wouldn't like bring it up again. But they would never kind of chase me up on it. They would always help and encourage me and send ideas but I think it's the whole thing again where like nobody, no matter how much people say it to you, like you're not going to do it or start it until you want to. And like when I said I'd started and I failed, your friends, like even though they might be a bit like, oh, it didn't work, they're not really going to care. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like they're dev- The only person that cares is yourself. Like every time I started and failed, it was only me that had to kind of live with it or had to like think about it all the time whereas my friends might be a little bit disappointed but they loved me do you know what I mean they were going to be there for me no matter what so if I tried to diet and failed it didn't bother them but when I did start and I kind of really was going with it they were brilliant like they worked five me that I could still you know go for meals or like activities might turn into walk and are going to the gym and stuff like that rather than what we would normally do and even going out for food they'd make sure to pick restaurants that they knew I'd have an option in so like Eddie Rockets was no longer like our number one <laughs> spot <laughs> so having that positive support network was really important and having that kind of work with you along the way was, yeah. re- was really important when you decided to lose weight, the first couple of stone, the big change was food for you. What were the yeah. big swaps that you made and what really worked for you in terms of those swaps? I think the biggest swaps were, like, I think people think I always ate 
a lot of fast food. I think just because when you're that side, you assume that I genuinely did always cook from scratch, but it was things like I said, having the three meals. And I know people always say that having the breakfast lunch makes a difference, but it really did. Like when I had my breakfast, lunch and dinner, if I was cooking my dinner, I wouldn't, I'd be hungry, but hungry enough that I could wait. Whereas if I skipped lunch and breakfast or breakfast and lunch, and I was cooking my dinner, I'd probably be having bread and butter while I was cooking. I'd be having toast. I'd be picking at everything as I was cooking. So just having simple things and making small changes, like rather than like frying things in a lot of oil, I started just using a bit of spray oil. I baked a lot. I was including a lot more vegetables. So like I always kind of make sure it's a bit of a slim world hack, but like having at least a third or a half of my plate is veg and then some protein and a little bit of carbs or whatever else it was. But just making sure I had those three meals. Now, for the first few months when I was on Slim World, because my thing is chocolate, that's just my absolute downfall. Like I could live on chocolate for the rest of my life. I made sure that I had saved up, you know, my calories or my sins or whatever it was at the end of the day to have my chocolate bar. And I'd done that every single day for like, I think two or three months. And I'd lost three or four stone. But I think it got to a point where I was like, yeah, I can have the chocolate bar every day and I'm still losing weight, but it's not the healthiest. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to be having, and then I was making substitutes for really low calorie sweet things. So I'd be having a little chocolate bar, a sweet yogurt, a sweet thing because it fit in the calories, but it was still a lot of sugar and sweeteners. And then I think was when it started changing a little bit where it was like, I don't want to have it every day. But there's days when I did want to and I would have it and I'd never let myself, I made a promise that I would never feel guilty about the food because it's just kind of pointless. Like I've eaten it, it's gone now. I just won't have it again tomorrow. And just little things like that, but small changes. And then it was when I was four stone down when I started um, personal training. And that I think had a massive impact because I think eating right and then having a trainer, he's he was brilliant with nutrition as well. So he was helping me with food as well as the working out. And that kind of encouraged me more. And that was, I suppose, when I started moving away a little bit from Slim World and just more into calorie counting and protein. You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. And let's chat about exercise. You know, what kind of stuff do you like to do? What do you hate to do? When you started into exercise, you know, what were the workouts like? So when I first started, it was personal training. So I started with Sean, uh, Shawnee B2B. And I remember when I first started with him, I was like, I have not, you know, I went to a gym one time in London when I was really overweight. I joined it for like a month and I was again trying to start. And I remember, I think I've told this story before, a man had come up to me just after I got off the treadmill and he was like, I just want to say like, you're amazing. You're my motivation today. I think that's brilliant. And he was really sweet and really lovely, but it absolutely broke my heart. I was mortified. And I just was like, I clearly stand out. Like I clearly look like a joke in this place. And I never went back. And even though he was trying to be so nice and he probably thought he made my day and encouraged me, I remember it just really hurt me. So I hadn't been back to a gym in a couple of years. And then I thought personal training might be good because it was with my friend. And we only done it, I think, two or three days a week. And I remember the first day, he literally was like, I just want to see how much you can move. And he asked me to do like a lunge. And I think I just fell on my side. I tried to get down on my knee and I just literally in slow motion. But the thing is, even though my biggest fear was always being laughed at, I never felt that with Sean. When I fell over, he was like, right, grand, jump up. He was like, now do this. And he didn't even flinch at the fact that I fell over. I couldn't squat or I couldn't do anything. And that really encouraged me. So we just started really, really small. I remember he'd literally get me to sit on like the bike or go, on like a rower machine and he'd just be like do what you can do this and then slowly 
And I do secretly think it's your confidence. I think like there were times where you, I wasn't pushing myself hard enough because I'd be afraid, like I looked ridiculous, you know, I done that. And I think once you change your mindset and you push yourself, you're capable of so much more. And I kind of found that with the gym. I just kept pushing myself. And I think he knew that. I'm sure like you as a person training, you know when people can go further and when they're just saying no. So we just kept at him. And I eventually after about, I think six, seven months, I started going group training. I was terrified to do the group classes. But um, I was glad I'd done the PT for the first six months. I definitely needed that. And I think my technique was brilliant to go into group training then. And then I just started training five days a week. And not because I had to or because he was asking me to, I just wanted to. Every Monday to Friday before Carter wakes up, I go to the gym at quarter to six. I do my workout for an hour and I come home. And I just feel so much better. And it kind of gets me going for the day. So I've actually really struggled. We're doing them via Zoom now. (laughs) But I find it hard. I think it's because I like to go like the gym is like my sacred place when I'm at home doing the workouts, like Carter will come down and, you know, jump on my back or he thinks it's great crack. And in terms of your journey, so weight loss is one thing that's happened over the course of that journey. Just in chatting to you and we haven't, you know, we haven't met before. There's a sense of confidence, uh, a sense of happiness that really translates even just by interviewing. I can, I can feel it. They, that's come as part of this journey as well in terms of that confidence, the happiness, the components of being really kind of, you know, like optimistic for want of a better word, has come from this journey. A hundred percent. And that's something I don't think I ever expected. I never had um, confidence really, I suppose, grown up at all. So getting that kind of bit of confidence has been amazing. And especially, I think like just my mental health and my well-being has been the biggest bonus from it. Like I always thought it was, you know, the number going down on the scales. And obviously that's helped and like my health, but I think the happiness I've gotten from it and just the security in myself. And like I said, the last few months, my weight had fluctuated a little bit. And you'd kind of said on it earlier about your, your, you have your why and it always has to be a strong why. And I noticed over Christmas and over New Year, I was kind of like, I feel like I just don't feel as, um, like not as strict, but like if I want something, I'll have it. And I was just doing that a lot more. And then I was kind of thinking about it one day and I was like, I think it's because my why isn't as strong anymore because I'm happy and I feel content. So that's why it's kind of drifting. And now in the last kind of month, I suppose, with everything going on at the moment, I started to feel a bit uncomfortable myself again. My jeans were getting tighter and I kind of started to get my why back. Like I don't want to go back to that. I want to feel great again. So even change my mindset again, I'm having my why, I've been really kind of getting back on track again. And that's really helped me. Okay, so exercise is a, is a crucial component. Your food is a crucial component. Balance, just from chatting to you, is a really important thing in your life too. And ha- not being afraid to have a chocolate bar or yeah. whatever. It's very much that 80-20 approach, you know, which is being yeah. good most of the time with the odd treat. What's been the hardest part of the last, say, two years or the last journey? What's, what's, what's the toughest bit been? <laughs> There's the, I think the toughest bit that, and I actually only speak about a few of the girls, we have like a group chat from the gym and we were talking about it the other day and everyone was like, you know, my routine is so all over the place and I've literally been living off takeaway, I've been doing this. And sometimes I do be a little bit hard on myself where I'm like, I don't understand why I can't have a week or two where I get takeaway every day and I eat loads of chocolate. If I'd done that, like I would genuinely gain about a stone and a half. Whereas <laughs> I know my friends could do that for two weeks and they're like, oh my God, like I'm up two kilos. And I'm like, I'd be up two kilos if I had like two bottles of wine and a bar of chocolate. <laughs> so sometimes I think I get frustrated with that, but I have to just remind myself that I had a really unhealthy relationship with food. I had like a food addiction. 
and uh, it is just something that will be for the rest of my life so rather than thinking of it as a diet or I can't have that and I can't do that I just have to be like it's my lifestyle and then it's my little boy's birthday in two weeks obviously we can't have a party now so his whole thing was we'd get a takeaway and I remember I was a bit like oh, and then I was like actually now I'm going to get the takeaway I'm going to enjoy it I'm going to have like the next 60 meals that I cook is going to be perfect so I'll have the takeaway I'll have cake it was like over Easter weekend I literally ate everything in sight on Easter weekend but I was like, I still have to live my life. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm not going to be able to do that for the next five weeks because I know I'll be in a position then where I'm like, okay, right, I have to lose four stone. But I know I can have a day or two where I lose and do it. But the next seven days or the next two weeks, I'm going to be really on plan. But I think apart from that, the biggest challenge I suppose I found was something that although I knew it might come, I hadn't given much thought to it and it was the excess skin. And I know that's kind of a physical thing, mm -hmm. but that was really hard to deal with. So obviously losing 12 stone, which is like a, per a human basically, yeah, another person. Um, the excess skin was really bad. So I had surgery last um, July on my stomach. I had the skin removed from my stomach and the difference that made to my confidence, I didn't think it would. And then I was actually scheduled to have my next surgery two weeks ago, but I've okay. been postponed, whereas to have the excess skin on my arms and chest done. But that was one thing I suppose I wasn't really prepared for it wasn't for financially it's very expensive mm -hmm. <laughs> all those surgeries are not cheap but um it got to a point in the last year or two where so me and my parents and I was like I am in a position I didn't think I'd be in where I have to think of a mortgage for me and character or these surgeries <clears throat> and I opted for the surgery and um, this probably makes no sense to sound stupid but I genuinely think that was one of the hardest decisions I'd made in the two or three years because it impacts all of us and obviously means from mom and dad, me and Carter probably going to be here for another two years. But um, it was a big decision and something I struggled with, I think, with my conscience. I felt very guilty about it because I was like, I'm a mom, I'm a parent, our needs come first, but I'm kind of putting my needs first. And then a lot of people were, I did get a few messages about that, negative ones, but I did get an awful lot of support where people were like, you know, you've worked hard, you know, you do work hard. Um, and it's a lot to do with your mental, you know, your well-being, your happiness. And I wasn't happy. Like, you think, you know, you're going to wake up. My dream was to wake up and say I've lost 12 stone. When I first started, I didn't think it would be possible. But I didn't think I'd wake up, lose 12 stone and kind of look in the mirror and hate what I see and not love. You just kind of expect you're going to be so happy that you've done it, you love it. And I was so, I hated what I saw. It was so... It's hard to explain because even though you're so proud of yourself and you want to love yourself, I didn't look how I wanted to look still. And I looked abnormal. It's not just like you look, you know, like when you're big or whatever, you just look big. I looked different. And I think I just made, that was a really challenging time where I decided that I was going to take my savings and my money. And like I said, it's a lot of money and I'd still love to get, after this surgery, I'd love to get my legs done. And then please God, I'll be finished. <laughs> but I'll be like, um... It'd probably be kind of in and around 30 to 40,000 euro in total. So it's a lot of money, but I don't regret the first surgery. Like I don't regret spending that money on myself. Um, 
so that kind of leads me to believe I won't regret getting the next surgery either. Well, one of the key pillars for, for, for life in terms of living a healthy life, it all starts with yourself and the happiness within yourself. And if that's not there, everything else is very difficult to do. Yeah. Be it mortgages, be it relationships, be it work, be it whatever. Exactly, yeah. And you have to have that pillar of kind of confidence, like a foundation of a house. It's the very same thing. And, and by choosing yeah. to go for the surgery option, you're strengthening that pillar. And creating that sense of confidence that you can do all the other stuff. Um, final question. Uh, we always ask people that we have on for tips uh, for our listeners. Um, yeah. uh, there's lots from the, from the interview. But if I was to ask you for a top three in terms of for listeners who are looking to, to get healthier, uh, to stay motivated, what's your ultimate three tips that you've, you've lived by? Um, I think... One of them would be to start small. So like, I think there's a lot of things, you know, when, like I said, my dream was to wake up and say I've lost 12 stone. I think if I, well, when I started on day one to be like, right, 12 stone, I've lost two pounds this week, another 11, 11 stone, whatever to go. That's very overwhelming. And like, it's very hard to kind of get over day and feel motivated to lose 12 stone. So I think starting small, I used to, I had a journal. So I had about seven journals, but I started with, the first one, the first day of my diet, and I wrote down absolutely everything I ate. I wrote down small goals. And I remember if I go back to my week one, my first goal that week was to just walk for 15 minutes, five days a week, and to drink three pints of water every single day. Like, and to someone, that's something they would do, you know, without even thinking. That's just like, even now in my day-to-day life, that happens every day regardless. But at the time, it didn't. And I remember just saying, just to start small, just set small goals. Like, you're not always going to be motivated, but you just have to be consistent. So even if I had said, like, I'll have two glasses of water, you know, every day for a month, it will eventually become a habit. And all of those little things together were kind of leading me, I suppose, to my ultimate goal. And then I would say the second thing is to not be too hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like it's really easy to say that. And even now I find myself slipping all the time. And even though the weight loss journey over the two years was incredibly hard, I do think changing my mindset and getting it to where it is now was the hardest part overall. Like physically losing the weight was a lot easier than how I kind of speak to myself and change in my mindset. That was the hardest part. And as much as I would love to say I never have food guilt, I still definitely do. But I think it's just catching myself and reminding myself or like worrying about, even when I said Carter mentioned the takeaway and I was like, oh God, I'm like, what is the point? Like you're worrying about food. Like, you know what I mean? Eat the food, enjoy the food and move on. So I think worrying about stuff like that or getting nervous. And it's easy to say because I remember the first year of my weight loss journey, I was incredibly, not strict, but... I was, I don't know how I was so motivated, but I didn't kind of say yes to everything. I was literally like, no, I have a plan. I'm on a mission and I'm like smashing my goals. But then I think the second year I was a lot more relaxed and I suppose a bit more happier. So I think just finding that balance and just knowing that if you do have a day or if you have 10 days where you just eat whatever you want in sight, like tomorrow's always a new day. And even if you have like three or four bad days, there's what, 90 something meals in the month that you can make. A lot better so just try and not be too hard on yourself and then I think another my third tip would probably be as well if you can to have a little I know not everyone would have say Instagram but even if you have a little WhatsApp group with some friends and just for that support and when you need help or you're struggling just to ask for it even if you just have one friend that you can text just be like oh I'm really having a shit day or I'm really having a hard time like 
can you just chat to me for a little while? And that really does help. And like sometimes other people can see stuff in you that you don't see, or they might be able to remind you of things that you don't realize you've achieved. And kind of hearing that and reminding yourself, I think really does help you get refocused again. And just remembering, like I said, that I always say, but even if you have one crap day, like genuinely get up tomorrow and it won't be crap. Just make it crap. Just get on with it and just do it. Boom. Fantastic tips. I love it. If people want to follow you, uh, what are your Instagram handles? Uh, my Instagram handle is Jen's underscore journey underscore IE. Fantastic. Jennifer Carl, thank you so much for joining us and for all your tips and content and about your whole story. It's epic. Uh, amazing tips. And you're, you're so normal about it. It's fantastic. So fair play to you. Well done. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks very much. Folks, that's it for another episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. I really hope you got so much from that episode. You couldn't not do. I'm inspired and motivated just chatting to Jen here. As ever, you know where we are it's realhealth at independent.ie for any emails at carlhenrypt on twitter and on instagram and don't forget to rate and review and they are tough times so we thought we'd bring a little competition for this week as well we've got a couple of copies of my book to give away very simply rate and review over the course of the next seven days and you go into the competition and we'll announce the winners next week have a great week and we'll see you soon Slon. leia healthcare looking after you always Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.